Hello and welcome to another episode of the Boink Radio Podcast here on the Boink Network Discord server. Today is December 11th, 2020, and we are going to re-record the lost episode, episode 42, which was OS Wars. We're going to be talking about which operating system is the best. It's Linux, but hey, stick around because we got some devil's advocates here. (laughs) And we're bringing everything back from the ashes of the failed Craig. (laughs) Oh, Craig, what are we going to do? Yeah, Craig is a perfect example of what open source software sometimes does. Break. <laughs> so, anyway, first things first. Hey, what's up? You're welcome to join us every Friday at 5 p.m. Eastern on the Boink Network Discord, where we talk about all things Boink. Bring your questions, bring your projects, bring your comments, bring your suggestions, bring your swag, your Boink swag. Why not? And we'll talk drinks. about it. And bring your drinks, because we also love to hear what you're drinking. Delta, what do you have today? Well, last week, uh, I did mention that I had some Bundaberg, and you're wondering what the hell Bundaberg is. And I also said (laughs) that I don't drink alcohol, but today I've brought some beer. Some Bundaberg ginger beer. Non-alcoholic. Too many bees. Too many bees. It's non-alcoholic, and it tastes like absolute crap, but it's an Australian brewed ginger beer and it's very famous over here we call it bundies well that's kind of cute actually <laughs> why thank you this bundaberg ginger beer is australian family owned and made and it is craft brewed for over three days i got nothing i don't i don't even know how to react to that is that a lot is that a little You're absolutely shocked aren't you <laughs> i am is that australian days where it's like one day in australia is one teaspoon in the u.s Yes, that yeah, that is correct. Uh, I think <laughs> okay. there are about five teaspoons of sugar in here. <laughs> okay, all right. Well, it, you said it tastes terrible. It does. <laughs> <laughs> I think you should stop drinking it. Go get yourself some delicious I water. I already opened it. I got to finish it. <laughs> ah, you're one of those, huh? I can play yeah. with that. All right. <laughs> all right. Well, I I do have water today. Other people, throw your beverages in the chat, and we'll get right to it. Uh, no, what's that, Sylvan, Sylvaner? I have no idea. Is that a type of wine? Because uh, Koshi says there's no reasoning today. Ho, 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 ho. Drinking that air. <laughs> He's got good old nothing. We got Foxy with some water. We got some more air. Ooh, what is, what is that little house? What am I looking at? Something is, is not right is with this spring? image. <laughs> is, that, is that an actual spring? Oh, that's so cute. Well, Foxy's drinking from the spring water then. <laughs> huh, neat. Very nice. Oh, it's by your new house. Very, very fresh water. I guess you're uh, uh, zombie apocalypse ready, huh? Uh, if you've got the spring water, when it comes to March next year, I'll bring the autumn water. I just no, got no that. No one laughed. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> it took me a second. It took me a second. All right. Well, that said, I guess we should do some news, huh? Hell yeah. Uh, I've got a couple here. Uh, you want me to go first? Yeah, go for it. All right. Coming out of machine learning comprehension at home. We got a couple news here, news items here. DS1 and DS2 continue work towards completion. Uh, there's less than a thousand left for 8-bit modified, meaning that only parity machine modified is left for DS1 and DS2. DS3 is progressing uh, up uh, towards milestone 2 with uh, 100,000 networks trained. That's a lot of neural networks. Um and they have also created a bunch of other data sets. Uh, they're cleaning them up and getting ready to analyze the results. Um, and then there's, they're saying that once data set three reaches 
uh, milestone two, which is 100 times one. 100 times 10,000 data sets, uh, they'll probably pause it to uh, focus on finishing those finishing DS, uh, or those DS1 and DS2 data sets. Uh, and also, apparently, there's a DS4, uh, and that's expected to be released during or just after the holiday. So MLC at Home continuing to develop work, continuing to progress on all its neural networks, creating the AI that's going to take over the world one day. Um, it has 22,000 tasks ready to send, 21,000 in progress, 1,400 users on it. Uh, I'll, I'll crunch in to, to help uh, machine learning. Cool stuff. Man, I wish there was, an, there was an AI that can make the best Bundy. <laughs> well, if you crunch MLC at home, machine learning comprehension at home, then maybe you'll figure it out. I'm not going to remember next week. I'm definitely not. <laughs> Uh, all right, what do you got? I got something coming out of Minecraft at home. Uh, there is a... Uh, the Cactus project is coming back for another round in the ring, apparently. So they are looking for cactuses at different heights on the Minecraft map, and they have uh, completed their search for 62, and it didn't yield as many as they wanted, uh, and the search at 63 didn't do it either. Uh, so they're still searching for cactuses on different heights by the looks of it. And I think this is also to do with their um, their tallest cactus project. So if they can find different cactuses at different height, maybe they can get some hints as to where the highest cactuses are. Uh, they've also modified the program for it, so it'll be much easier to move to different heights and levels and uh, basically just make the development process a whole lot streamlined so that the crunches aren't waiting so often. Awesome. I am here getting cookies out of the oven, so apologize. So I apologize. Uh, <laughs> it's all right. I can stall. <laughs> or, or this is its own news article, isn't it? This is its own news. Uh, John has created cookies. Happy day. <laughs> and he won't tell me the flavor. They're chocolate chip. I told you. <laughs> but also, I object to your terminology. Cookies don't have flavors. <laughs> they have types. Uh, all right. <laughs> I'm back. Apples and oranges. <laughs> Moving on, Minecraft at Home being one of the more, um, not more, but one of the most creative projects out there. These guys are trying to figure out how to map Minecraft into distributed computing and then sending it out in little packets so people can crunch it. It's a challenge, and they rise to it every time. Um, yeah, so go ahead and crunch that project. I've got news coming out of World Community Grid's Africa Rainfall Project. They found the other 5%, Delta. What is it? <laughs> it's rainfall. <laughs> Wait, what? <laughs> Never mind. Uh, they said that the principal investigator recently gave two presentations about the projects, uh, and they will receive university assistance to help enhance their data organization. So that's pretty neat. Uh, Deft University of Technology will be giving the scientists about 340 hours worth of assistance to help with ongoing data organization. The researchers plan to use this assistance to set up a structure to make uh, the enormous amounts of data they received easy to scan and read. That's uh, wonderful data, you know, as many of us know, um, can sometimes be a, a pain in the ass to look at. So sometimes you just don't look at it. So <laughs> you can make it easier. All I'm imagining is... Uh, it Data is the name of one of the characters on Star Trek, right? Data, yeah. 
data yeah i'm all i'm just thinking is like it data is just you just said data is just so painful to look at somehow <laughs> yes <With his laughs> yellow eyes and his pale skin and and his whimsical curiosity about humanity just like ah get him out of here you know now, I've got another hypothesis for the 5%. What if some of the farms use a special, uh, make water directly from hydrogen and oxygen? So they actually Ooh. catalyze it together and then just put it as water out into their farm. So that they actually depend on rainfall. You're right, you figured it out. I think so. <laughs> huh. But I think we are still yet to confirm that, though. <laughs> And until we do, and even after we do, still 95% of the water does depend on rainfall. So Crunch, the Africa Rainfall Project, the project running under the World Community Grid umbrella that is seeking to model weather patterns in Africa in this uh, world of changing climates. So do check it out. What do you got? Uh, I got another Prime Grid Mega Prime. This one's huge. This one's 2.8 million digits. It is 121 times 2 to the power of 958. Uh, so 9,584,444. All of that plus one. Uh, it is a 27121 Prime search, uh, and it is ranked 60th in Chris Chadwell's largest known Prime database. And it was discovered by the username Anius uh, in New Zealand running a Xeon processor. So using Windows Server 2012, which is a really crap operating system. But okay, we'll talk about that later. <laughs> Fair enough. Prime Grid, always finding primes. It's almost like their grid developed to find prime numbers. Hmm. Wow. <laughs> <All right. laughs> Who knew? <laughs> Coming out of Rosetta at home indirectly, I've got news from the company Neolucan Therapeutics. Uh, this is a company that has uh, investigating a new drug, applic drug application for NL201 de novo protein immunotherapy as a candidate for cancer. Um, I'm pretty sure I screwed up how those words are supposed to go together, but you get the gist. It's a uh, treatment for cancer. And this is a translationed product products coming from the research that all of us worked all of us crunched on rosetta at home rosetta at home being a project that really does protein design it also does covid unit covid uh, work units covid um it works to fight covid19 but really its primary purpose is to develop proteins and developing proteins uh proteins can be used for medicine they could also be used to uh in material science and and uh, who knows what else, right? Because proteins are these really interesting um, things, let's say. So this company actually took some of the research and turned it into translational product that might help people fight cancer. And they're moving forward with it. So that's really cool. It also raises a couple questions about, hey, shouldn't we get paid if they end up making billions of dollars off of our work? Uh, but that's for another episode, I suppose. Uh, yeah, let's discuss the class action in a different episode. <laughs> <laughs> but it's still interesting. It's nice to see the work I contributed to a project turning into something that's actually going to go out and maybe save a life. You know? We finally have results. We can brag about it to all our family. <laughs> yeah. See you later, bag. <laughs> all right. That's all the news I got. Do you have any more? Nope. <laughs> all right. Well, then... Let's talk operating systems, huh? 
Yes, and we first have to state that Linux is by far the best operating system in the world. <laughs> Linux slash Unix. <laughs> oh, right. Do you want me to keep going? <laughs> yeah, carry on. I'm going to scoop oh, out okay. another baking sheet of cookies when you're doing this. So um... right, let me let me do a proper introduction <laughs> then. So this yes. episode's going to be all about talking about operating systems. That is the thing that runs on your computer that makes it usable for you, the user. It makes it easy. It makes it fancy. It allows you to play games. It allows you to run lots of things at once, all at once. Connect all the hardware. Connect to networks. Do all sorts of things. And talk to us. And listen to us here on the Boink Network. And there are a couple main types of operating systems that are most popular around the world. Obviously, probably the most popular ones are Windows and Mac OS, the ones most known to people, everyday people. Linux is also in there. Um, Linux, uh, GNU slash Linux, for those of you that are enthusiasts. <laughs> um, and uh, Unix-based operating system. It's Linux, Delta. I don't care. <laughs> Linux is Linux. All right. Um, so, yeah, I... Just so everyone knows here, I am a Windows loather. I absolutely hate Windows. I have some respect for macOS considering it is Unix-based, and I've used it for a little while now. Uh, and I am mainly a Linux user. I use Arch Linux, by the way. And uh, I've been using Arch Linux for a very long time now, and I love it because it gives me the freedom and cleanliness of having an operating system that I have made, I have installed, and I have customized, rather than having all sorts of bloatware and all sorts of crap like that. Now, some odd operating systems that you might not have heard of is, um, sorry, rewind. Now, some other operating systems that are not the most obvious ones that run on everyday desktop computers are Android. Lots of people run Android on their on their phones. Um, Apple iOS, all whatever. Apple has like a load of weird operating systems going on. But uh, then also you have the ARM-based operating systems too. Uh, for all the uh, single board computers and all sorts of funky enthusiast hardware like that. Um, so how does this link with Boink? Uh, it does in two ways. One is um, talking about making an operating system for Boink, which we can talk about later with Boink OS. But uh, mainly because Boink projects depend usually depend on a particular operating system in order to run their work units. So some operating systems are better dealing with different types of software than other ones. So for example, uh, when it comes to lots of GPU processing on Boink, usually a lot of the software goes towards Windows because it's, it's a lot easier with a lot more development tools to make stuff on Windows and uh, to, uh, with regards to GPUs than it is for Linux. And Linux has a whole bunch of it has a huge mess when it comes to GPUs because the main GPU market is with Windows, with gamers, uh, whereas with Linux, it's more or less developers. And so it's uh, a lot easier and it's a lot more supported on Windows to create GPU applications than it is on Linux. And same with other pieces of software like C Sharp and other stuff like that. Some programming language or languages are only supported by a particular operating system. And often, uh, developers of projects want to just ship out an application as fast as possible. They want to get their, their project up and running as quick as possible. They want the most amount of users to uh, be able to crunch it. And that's that. And usually, project owners will target Windows first, because that's usually the most common operating system that Boink users and everyday users use. Um, that's not to say Linux is bad. 
I would say for crunching, Linux is slightly better than Windows, purely because uh, it's easier to debug stuff. There's a better performance improvement as well, because Windows takes up so much RAM on your computer that sometimes it really just clogs up everything. And I've seen computers with two gigabytes of RAM running Windows 10, and it takes about 10 minutes to open up Google Chrome. So when you're running Linux uh, on startup, my main computer only takes up about 100 megabytes of RAM. That's on startup. Whereas Windows on startup will take probably about 750 megabytes to a gigabyte of RAM. Uh, and also not to mention all the bloatware and services that run in the background on Windows, uh, which means that uh, you get a lot of other stuff that is processing in the background. Although it's not very intense and won't really affect the boink work, it does over the long term provide some performance impacts. Um, what else now? Let's talk about Boink OS. <laughs> well, so, hold, uh, on, hold on, hold on. I got something oh, here. Yeah. So another way to tie it in a Boink um, is coming out of what Linux represents versus what Windows oh, represents. So um, in 1972, 79, something like that, Bill Gates, I know that's a wide range, forgive me, but Bill Gates wrote this, this letter called Open Letter to Hobbyists because in that era, Linux was just starting. GNU was just starting with Richard Stallman. And the, the this idea of free software and free beer and, and um, just open source free bundies. <laughs> free bundies open source was just getting going and the idea was well let's develop stuff and, and let people use it and also change it to fit their own needs because everyone in the software space has a different need no one actually has a, there, there is no really general use for something like i use excel differently than you use excel and for doing different stuff but excel is this general program so i when i install microsoft in excel I install 600,000 different things that I'm never going to use. And really, if I just had a, a if it was open source, I could just install the part that I need, um, maybe. So uh, it really, uh, th this open letter to hobbyists said the opposite, said, let's build a proprietary system where you must pay to use the software and you're not actually going to see what's going on in the background, you, the user, you're going to be controlled entirely by the software. It's going to guide you to do specific things. You're never going to be able to see or change it to do anything, really. We're in control as the developer. And Salman and uh, uh, Linux, Linux <laughs> Linus, who developed Linux, uh, were on the other side saying, no, let's give the user complete control. Let's build a permissionless system where anyone can come in, see and manipulate the code and build their own thing without our permission, without us having to hire them, without anything. They can just do it. Well, obviously, proprietary systems won for a long time and has recently shifted to permissionless systems where, you know, uh, who just bought GitHub, for example, like these proprietary software giants are now jumping into open source uh, because it really is powerful. It's a powerful tool. And Boink has always been open source. Boink has uh, always been permissionless. Uh, the, the whole point behind Boink is anyone can make a Boink project. Anyone can contribute to a Boink project. And if you see, excuse me, if you see a way, a way to improve the Boink code base, go ahead and do it. Fork that thing. Make it better. Do, <laughs> do, do good stuff. You are in control. Uh, it's, uh, it's, it really ties, like Boink is the same philosophy as Linux as an operating system. So it's wonderful. That said, I use Windows. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and 
you've pointed out really the main reason why I love Linux so much. It's it's because the computers, well, we as humans are meant to control the computers, not the computers controlling us. I mean, last time I had to help a family member or a family friend install Windows on one of their laptops, it was a brand new laptop. It was pretty much like one of the most modern ones. And it took hours. It just took hours to just set up everything, make the accounts because they never, they never ever had a Microsoft account before. They, they, it just took so long. I, I can install Arch Linux like just the base system on any machine in fifteen minutes. But it, this is ridiculous. Not letting a person use a computer because you have to make an account on some other service. That's it. Just doesn't make sense. I agree. I agree. It it's all about controlling the user, controlling the data, making money off the data, off the user without their permission. And it's really underhanded and sketchy. I mean, it's sad that Bill Gates won in the seventies, because we would really probably live in a different world if open source won. But hey, at the same time, like I said, I use Windows. So I use Windows because really it's plug and play. Like. Yes, it takes a little while to set everything up, and and I get a bunch of bloatware, and I get like I don't really have control over anything, uh, and I don't know how computers work as well as I would if I used Linux. But it fits my needs, and for a, it, it's just so easy to to plug and play. And Linux for a very long time, and arguably still, was developed for people who know Linux by people who know Linux. Like it was very hard to get in. the The barrier of entry was very high. And it's only recently that you're starting to get maybe more user-friendly builds, flavors, but it's still pretty difficult. I will also bring up something someone brought in the Lost Recording, which is it's only difficult because, um, to use myself as, as an example, <clears throat> excuse me, I ate a cookie and it's stuck in my throat. Um, <laughs> to use myself as an example, it's only easy for me because I was brought up with Windows. If I was brought up on Linux, it would be second nature. So the fact that Windows broke into home PCs um, right away, essentially, like that's what its its goal was, made it ubiquitous because that's what everyone grew up with and it became a challenge to learn Linux. Meanwhile, Linux runs like 90% or more of the world outside of the PC market. So it's hard. It's hard to say. So the moral of the story is bring your kids up with Linux. <laughs> yes. <laughs> get, get them get them playing Super Tux Cut. That's the best game ever. No idea what that is. You haven't played Super Tux Cut. No, I'm getting out another batch of cookies here. Just excuse me. Carry on, Delta. <laughs> it's 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 basically the 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 Linux ripoff of uh, Super Mario Kart. <laughs> so you get to play as all sorts of different Linux characters and race against them, and even play uh, soccer by driving your cars around. <laughs> So uh, it, I think it's also available on Windows too. So if you want to check out Super Tux Cut, go get it. Um, now, my favorite racing game was called Wacky Wheels. Um, I can't even describe it. It was super wacky, though. I'll tell you that. Very descriptive. Yeah, I remember Wacky Races. <laughs> Not sure if it's the same thing. It might be. That might be like his Australian uh, the, title. The, um, the Warner Brothers thing. The... Cartoon. Oh, nope. Wacky Racers. Definitely not. Oh, you don't remember that one? No. Damn. All right. Well, um, anyway, let's uh, probably talk about Boink OS now. Um, <laughs> Go so for it. What Boink OS is, uh, as you can probably tell by the name, is an operating system that's pretty much built for Boink. Now, I was the original creator of Boink OS, and I suspended development and support of it 
many years ago, I think two or three years ago now. Uh, the reason being because obviously I was, had much more commitments during that time with schoolwork and family and everything like that, but also because I didn't really have the expertise that I have now in, with regards to developing operating systems. So the operating system that I made was actually pretty bare bones and literally just involved me programming a whole bunch of random scripts that just automate stuff in Arch Linux and then shipping that out. Um, and uh, I'm surprised to this day that there are people who are still using it, even though that um, most of the security that I implemented actually restricts a lot of the upgrading and other stuff like that. And... It's uh, interesting because what I did was I made it an operating system where you can put it onto a USB and you can just plug it into a computer and it'll just run. No matter which, which computer you run or put it in, you just got to figure out how to get into the boot menu, mash F12 or delete a bunch of times, click enter on the USB and a presto, you're running Boink OS. And uh, I think there are some, I think there is another project that someone is working on here in the Boink Network Discord. I've seen it. Um, posts around a bit. I don't remember who. Um, oh yeah, it is Foxy. There you go. Uh, so they've made a operating system called Embedded Boink, and uh, they have a GitHub uh, page if you want to check it out. And uh, I haven't personally checked it out, but uh, it sounds like it does pretty much the exact same uh, thing as Boink OS, where it literally loads it up onto a computer, either into a USB or just on an operating system disk, and literally pops up and does Boink work. Um, so if you're interested in helping to develop uh, some sort of operating system for Boink, you've got some opportunities here on the Boink Discord. Come talk to Call Me Foxy if you want to help out with Embedded Boink. Awesome. And as I load up another baking sheet of cookies, oh, excuse me, my alarm is going off. Uh, you've made me think of uh, another aspect of Linux on a more philosophical um, perspective. That really makes it just above and beyond Windows and Mac OX. We haven't even really talked about Mac OX, have we? Uh, but the, the community of open source software is uh, outstanding. It's it's more than just a technology. It's more than like, Delta, could you point me to the Windows community, please? Um, <laughs> uh, uh, New York Stock Exchange. <laughs> there you go. So... But if, if I asked you to point me to the Linux community, you would say, all right, the greater Linux community, or do you want to go to like Ubuntu's community, Ubuntu's a community, or, no, no, or whatever? Arch Linux. Arch Linux is the community. We'll teach you how to install, don't worry. <laughs> and as much as there's like internal sort of just like competition among the different builds, it is still like everyone is there for the same reason, which is to build this open source operating system uh, and, and support each other. So it's more than just a technology. Is more than just a business. In fact, it is not a business. It can't be. You have to build unique business plans around this software to make it to make money off of it. But it's also a a community, a social network, if you will, that really makes it powerful. And the reason that Linux didn't die when Windows won that that proprietary versus open source war is because of the community because people still developed it and they made friendships there. You know, one of the first uh, one of the amazing things about SETI is that people met through SETI at home and then like got married. Like it was more than just this technology that let people look for aliens with their own computer at home. It was a social, it was a community. It was a social network that connected people to the point that they fell in love and got married and made a family. Like that is 
Um, can you point me to someone who's gotten married because of Windows? <laughs> <laughs> uh, that would have been the worst wedding. <laughs> it's a very Windows wedding. <laughs> After they say I do, it makes the um, bum, 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 bum sound. <laughs> <laughs> Windows is shutting down. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, someone brings up... Um, tech support in a different context, but that's also a different thing, but it must be t considered when you're talking about OS wars. Windows has tech support, Linux doesn't. In fact, one of the first Actually. Success major successful businesses behind the Linux ecosystem was a third party that provided tech support called Red Hat. So like, yeah, Windows wins on tech support. You can't, even though their tech support sucks, you can't call up Linux offices to get support for your software i'd like to talk to the ceo of linux yes please <laughs> no but uh, actually someone posted something in another chat the other day because centos is being taken down or rather re-implemented into testing uh operating system or whatever now and uh, they mentioned a story where someone some governor in a state in in america um, had their website go down and it turned out uh, it turned into the like CentOS default HTTP page uh, uh, HTML page and there was a number on that page that said if for tech support call blah 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 <laughs> and they called it and it was as you said it was Red Hat Enterprise uh, Linux uh, tech support pretty much so there's a bit of tech support there but also the main tech support that comes from Linux is the actual community itself. And usually people in the community like to help each other out. And the best and most greatest source of tech support is Google or DuckDucker, as always. Absolutely. And this ties into uh, Boink as well, because tech support with Boink is required. Sometimes things screw up. Or you see people, someone in the chat here, uh, I think it was actually someone from Leyline, was uh, trying to figure out the best way to get one of their friends who runs a LAN center to uh, install Boink on all their computers and run it simply. Well, who are you going to call? The CEO of Boink to figure out how to do that? Or are you just <laughs> going to go to the community and be like, hey, has anyone done something like this before? How's How can I do this? And uh, she got a bunch of help. And hopefully, they'll get a whole bunch more computers contributing to Boink through it. Um, at the same time, though, Red Hat is a great example of what Boink needs. You know, Because Red Hat was a business plan that stood beside a set of open source software and became one of the largest companies in the world, really. Um, and Boink needs entrepreneurs. It needs clever business people to come into the space and look at Boink uh, as an opportunity and see what sort of business they can build alongside this very interesting, very um, beneficial open source software and uh, then do it. You know, make a make Boink profitable, but without making Boink itself profitable. You know, you make a business that uses Boink, and and that would do Better wonders. Range. Well, some some of the lead developers that actually have contributed the most to Linux in recent years are sponsored by either Red Hat or the companies that own them, uh, where the companies are building a second layer business model that makes money on top of the open source software, but then they the developers contribute back to the open source software. And so there's a symbiotic relationship between the nonprofit part and the superstructure on top where it is, they do make a profit, right? So that's part of what makes drives open source development is they're, 
there's an indirect feedback effect from the money making component. Absolutely. So World Community Grid is actually an example of this. World Community Grid has an, uh, it's a, it's not Boink, and it's built proprietary software on top of Boink's LGPA, LGPL uh, license. And World Community Grid also happens to be one of the largest contributors to Boink's development itself. It actually has people that steadily contribute to the co Boink code base uh, and, and do wonderful stuff. Kevin Reed set up our RSS bot here on the Discord, so our RSS feed, so we can get news from projects feeding into the Discord. And that's a perfect example of that. World Community Grid is proprietary. It helps IBM, uh, and it also, in return, gives back to Boink the open source, like uh, a settlement layer, if you want to talk in that term, the the original layer. So it's, it's a great comment. Yeah. Uh, so well, you know, look, I mean, like everything everything's got to yeah. be in balance too, though, right? I mean, you know, if it gets too out of whack, then it becomes Microsoft-like, and if it, but you know, open source that's without any commercial component, you know, the developers are best effort. And then sometimes bugs persist and other things that can't be fixed because people, you know, there's, there's not enough resources around to really get at, at some of the more difficult problems. And so um, Linux is in that same category. Some of the developers that have done the most to improve performance and get and stamp out bugs are also company uh, developers that are sponsored by these for-profit components. So it, it truly is an interesting uh, symbiosis uh in that in that way but the and you core, don't find core, it in windows no you're not gonna find it in windows and that's why linux wins <laughs> in fact what's interesting is that microsoft is starting to pivot away from windows and go towards a more open model that's why they're more they're, that's why they're allowing you know much better compatibility with uh, linux uh, virtual machines linux running on windows that's why they're you'll find more Linux running in their Azure data centers, or at least as many uh, servers as running Windows. They're, they're taking a different, and they're also, I don't know whether you guys know it or not, but they're, they're, they're like a top 10 contributor to Linux code at this point. So it's quite interesting, their change in attitude. Uh, I don't think they're ever going to cast Windows aside per se, but the, the attitude at Microsoft is changing uh, substantially towards, uh, towards Linux, which is interesting, I think. Yeah. Yep, and it just bugs me that it, they killed essentially Richard Stallman's project and Linus Torvald's project in order to get there, and now they're going right back to open source. Just, oh, you, anyway. <laughs> Windows killed Linux OS. <laughs> <laughs> All right, do we want to end on a lighter note? Because I got some funny stories that I got from messing around with Windows. <laughs> oh, yeah. Are they horror stories? Um... I'd say they're funny ones for talking around the campfire. <laughs> okay. All right. Let me spark up the fire here. All right. Let's go. All right. So first one, because th this was coming from back in the days where it was funny to complain about uh, Windows and say how Linux is, is better. The good old meme days about Linux being the best. <laughs> I think it still is today, though. Um, okay. First one is when I was uh, playing some music. I, I like to. J I used to like to jam out to my music at like max volume on Windows before I go to sleep. And it was just about to reach the chorus, and then suddenly the video buffered, and I had to figure out what the hell, why the hell it buffered. And it turns out that Windows was updating my Intel GPU drivers, even though I don't use my Intel GPU. That's number oh, one. <laughs> this brings up a, a huge. I, downside to Windows and an example of Windows controlling you and you not being able to control it, Windows updates, man. You can't tell it not to update. You, you can, but it's like, it's not easy. 
and uh, I've lost so many documents because Windows just starts updating. <laughs> I've lost so much boink work because Windows updates. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm telling you, this is the next story that I have. I was literally p putting my um, computer to uh, boink work overnight, and uh, I, I wake up in the morning, and it's back on its login screen, like, to log me in. And it just completely restarted. The boink wasn't running for most of the night. And all because Windows just decided, hey, you know, like, yeah, let's just update, you know? All right. Um, la vie. I think Boeing should compensate you for the science lost during that evening. <laughs> Compensation <laughs> for the science lost. <laughs> okay, but here's another good one. And this is great because one thing with Linux is that you can pretty much figure out almost why anything happens. Um, other than that time that a cosmic ray hit my computer, I can explain pretty much the reason why anything happens on Linux, but this one is just beyond me on Windows. Okay, so I was just using my, my PC just in the morning, and uh, what happened was a new icon appeared on the on the desktop. Like, you know when everything flashes, when, every, when something new installs, and then an icon might appear? Yeah, yeah, yeah. The home group appeared, the home group icon, or some whatever it was. And I'm like, okay, um, I'll just move it about, put it in the center, just because <laughs> why not? Uh, and then literally three minutes later, the same flash happened and it just disappeared. <laughs> why? Why? <laughs> why does this happen? Uh, Foxy brings up a good horror story. Closing, she says, how about closing a laptop? And instead, uh, getting it suspended, instead of it suspending itself, it, uh, it BDS, BSODs and keeps burning your backpack. I have had so many laptops basically kill themselves because I close it, and instead of going to sleep, it just keeps running. <laughs> just burns itself yeah. to death. That is also a little problem with Linux sometimes. you just got to configure it correctly, but there's a lot of people who don't configure it correctly, and they end up doing that. <laughs> oh, yeah, she says it's on Linux. That this has happened. Yeah, uh, a lot of a lot of people make that mistake because they don't configure it properly. <laughs> but uh, we got one more story, and this is to do with control as well. Now, uh, I was installing some software, and I wanted to install it in a custom directory. And I accidentally made a new folder by choosing where to install it. I accidentally made a new folder in my user folder with all the downloads and uh, every, the downloads, documents, music, everything, all those folders in there. Now, I tried to delete the folder. It didn't let me do it in the installation thing, so I decided to open up my file manager and go and delete it. I can't delete it. <laughs> the green bar just stays at zero and it won't let me delete it. It doesn't even tell me why I can't delete it, but my best guess is that I don't have the the permissions to delete it. So me as the user of my system created a file that I can't delete. I what? It baffles me. I know. So is it there forever? It's there for I'm pretty sure it's still there. Like until you it's, reformat. Yeah, new folder in my in my little um actually I'm on Windows now. Let's see what I got. Alright, see Yep, it is still there. <laughs> when is it dated? It's dated uh, the 25th of January 2017. <laughs> the day that I made the folder that was invincible. Well, you just found a utility that most people would kill to discover. <laughs> I don't think the user should be able to make files that they can't delete. <laughs> it's very weird. All right. Well, if you guys have any horror stories, do pop into the Discord, share them with us, and maybe we'll we'll uh, share them with the rest of the world here on 
uh, next week's episode where who knows what we're talking about, but it is towards the end of the season, end of the season, end of the year, end of our first season. So we'll be beginning to wrap up the episodes. Next week might be our last one before uh, the holidays here. And uh, hey, we'll- do we get paid leave? Yes, we do. Paid by science. With science, <laughs> <laughs> and we get free. We get free. Um, we get free uh, Medicare because of the science as well. Ah, there you go. <laughs> all right. So we'll hopefully see you all next week, Friday, 5 p.m. Eastern, here on the Boink Network Discord server, uh, where we'll talk about all things Boink. Till then, guys, happy crunching. Have a great weekend. Buy some Bundies.